<laughs> what's another way that you could have told everybody that you came in fourth place? Oh yeah. That I'm happy with thinking that I should have won. <laughs> oh my God. But it's actually true. What's going on, guys, and welcome back to the Shifty Q Podcast with Alan K. This episode is 3.20. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. The OCB Vegas Victory Classic 2023, and specifically this last weekend. But before we get into this, guys, uh, if you gain anything out of this channel, anything that I'm saying in this episode or any of the previous episodes, do me a favor and like those episodes, comment on whatever it is that you either agree or disagree with. Um, and then let's just kind of go from there. You know, I genuinely want to create content and have conversations that enable people to be better versions of themselves in lieu of their adversity. Okay. That's everything I have a vision for. Um, and the way I get feedback is either a through the comments, B through DMS, Alan K health or C whatever videos gets as many likes views, dislikes. Uh, it doesn't matter. You know, obviously um, whatever gains the most eyes in my opinion is, is what the most common theme that people are really looking for. And although I'm not exactly a subject matter expert on anything, I never claimed to be, uh, I just like to share my perspectives based off of my experiences. Now, this, now with that being said, with, with this episode, um, this episode is going to encompass everything that we've been kind of talking up to this last entire season leading up until now, which is the OCB Vegas Victory Classic, the natural men's physique competition that I've literally spent the last year training for. And a little short history about that. This is my third competition. Um, my very first competition was in November of 2021. And that was in lieu of a crazy transformation. That saw me go from 170-ish pounds in March to 135 pounds competing on stage in November 2021, where I ran a marathon as well in the preceding October. And the purpose of that competition was just to challenge myself and seeing if I was actually good enough to step on stage, if I can actually gain the confidence and overcome all the negative images and thoughts that I had of my body and ultimately myself. Because what I have learned about me is that anytime I'm going through something or anytime that I'm treating my body in a certain way, like I'm neglecting it or drinking it to death, it's all because I'm going through something and because I think something really less of myself. And that's what I kind of learned throughout that entire process. I know that's a lot to, lot to uh, uncover there in that little beginning, but when you start investing in yourself, and this is what I learned in that very first competition, what I learned is that by investing into myself, by going for a goal that's higher than I thought I could achieve for, I started holding myself to a higher standard, start showing up better for myself. And for me, this proceeded in other areas of my life, right? And that's what got me really addicted to the competition thing. Now, the second competition was in June of two, or excuse me, May of 2000, 
and 22. So six months after the first competition. Um, and in my head, I'm like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to train as if I'm going to win. And I could do this in six months. And, and the reality is I was kind of being a little overzealous. I definitely needed to gain some size and everything, but I didn't know any better. I was just mentally high off my first competition. And I thought I could tackle the world. And I'll tell you, man, that confidence that you gain over proving yourself wrong per se, like proving yourself, like all the negative talk like that. And I'm not good enough. I'm a dead singer. You actually prove yourself. Yes, you are. For me, that, that moment is just that confidence is just overwhelming. And by the time, um, I took this confidence and signed up for the second competition, which is the OCB Vegas victory classic 2022. I started training. I actually signed up for like 75 hard, did a couple of things. Uh, ASMR break. But quickly after I began training and I signed up for 75 hard, uh, my dad got diagnosed with stage three lung cancer and we didn't know if he was going to make it. So the entire second competition training cycle was dealing with if my dad was going to live or not. And it quickly went from, I'm going to win. I'm going to do that to man. I just need an outlet. I need something to get my mind off this. I need something to whatever. And although I was lifting and although I was working out and following plan, there's like zero enthusiasm, zero energy towards it. Cause everything was stressing about my dad. And the, by the time I stepped up on stage, I was happy just to even have made it. And, uh, not only that, I was just exhausted done for wanted to spend more time with my family and uh shortly after now mind you my dad survived he he's beaten it since and it's kind of getting to remission or it has gotten to remission and uh we're, we're grateful for that definitely gotten to better workout and eating habits so far and then we'll, we'll see where this goes but after the last competition uh, i decided to take the whole year off like to give myself a whole a whole off season a whole everything and get back into competing so that i can absolutely win i ended up switching my coach um and the coach that i work with uh david milligan's nonstop fitness he has a resume of getting people to the pro level so i signed up with him as well as just took everything I'd learned from the first two competitions and just apply it threefold in the third, in the training for this most recent competition. So I made meal prepping an absolute, without a doubt, like a, objective. It, it is, it's happening no matter what. It's the first time I meal prepped and then took it on a flight and carried it over just so I'd have the exact food. I, I might have eaten out maybe like eight nine times total in that in the time when we got into prep maybe and that's like that's a maybe i definitely cut out sugar the whole time and that's why i freaking overloaded and sugar this last weekend and i'll get into that here soon because that's there's a lot to uncover with how much i ate there but i took this whole entire mindset and dedication towards winning 
uh, I started reading a lot of books, uh, specifically Tim Grover, who's a trainer of Michael Jordan. He has a book, uh, I believe it's it's called Resilience or no, I'm, one of them is winning. And the other one, uh, God, it's not resilience. But anyways, it's about the mindset of a winner, like the ob- objectivity of getting shit done. There's no if, ands, or buts. There's no room for whatever. And and it was a really good direct approach. And what I liked about that as well is that that's the same approach that my coach had, David Milligan, very direct, very, this is what you're going to do. This is what gets it done. Either you don't or you do. There's no if, ands, or buts. And that in of itself just showed out. And what I brought to stage this last weekend was mind blowing. I mean, maybe four weeks prior, I had measured myself at like 6.7% body fat, like at 134 pounds. By the time I showed up to Vegas, I was like at 129 pounds and even leaner than I was at 134. Now I didn't get to measure my body fat. I had zero energy, but this, uh, like, (laughs) it was crazy on what I looked like. And, you know, we can say whatever we want about competition results and, and everything like that. Like, it's not just like a basketball game where it's all left out on the court. Like this is your body, right? So even you might, you might lose in a competition, but you can step out on regular public and just be fucking shredded. And, and I'll tell you, man, I just looked at myself like, what the fuck is this? Like, it looked like a science fair project to me based on, what I started out as and what I look like get up by the time I got my stage. I have a real event on my Instagram, allenk.health. And um, it, it's kind of crazy the transformation that yeah, that happens literally within like an eight month span, as well as what happens when the mindset changes, when you make just other subtle behaviors more of a priority. And, um, Damn it, I said and um. And um it, yeah, just it, it's crazy how much I learned about myself in the process and what I can achieve the more that I dedicate myself. And so we are gonna talk about this. With this episode, with this weekend, I'm going to go into the pre-show. I'm going to talk about the show day, and then I'm going to talk about the post-show. It's just better for me to talk about sequentially because it's um, just that's just how I wrote it down. Wrote notes over the weekend, as well as give myself time to reflect on it because I was definitely in a mood by the time I got done with with the show. Um, as the title says, "Woulda, coulda, shoulda." Like I thought I should have won. I thought objectively i was better than everybody else now i looked at a couple of photos just right now from the photographer and i could see why that didn't really play in that way Um, but i'll also go into a lot of reasons why i think i still should have and we'll talk about all the post-show stuff this also to include like all the crap not the crap but all the stuff that i ate the delicious goodness as well as some of the things that we did at the poker table based off of the hunger and the sugar cravings and whatnot. All right. So pre show, um, leading up into this, I I was at a huge 
deficit. Definitely had a huge deficit. I was at one point doing cardio six times in the week. I think that was like just for a week or two, but definitely a lot of working out, definitely a lot of carb depleting as well as carb cycling, cardio. And it became, it became so tedious and so strenuous at one point that I started losing enthusiasm with working out. For me, this reminded me of when I used to play poker for a living. And uh, because I love poker, I I love the game of it, the social aspect, you know, it's just so much fun, so much strategy, the whole nine yards and winning money is obviously nice when you're winning, of course. But for me, when I went to go play poker for a living and started doing that because I thought I could do it, I started losing enthusiasm. I started losing um, my drive for being a better poker player because it wasn't fun anymore. This superseded into my play, my energy towards me playing. And sure enough, I became a losing player very, very quickly. I started having that same loss of enthusiasm for loving for something that I love. And it came in the form of bodybuilding towards this time, like I said. And so I would definitely go to the gym, definitely in the last two weeks when I was going into this, my workouts weren't very challenging, not not exactly challenging. I wasn't putting very much effort into it. I was just going through the motions. And I feel like that kind of was felt out in my energy as well. Now, and also closer when I was getting closer and closer stage, the one thing that just became more and more apparent and more evident was the brain fog and brain fog. For those of you guys have not, not experienced it or may not be aware of what it is. It's just kind of sitting around with, for me, it was like a a massive, like headache, sick feeling where I'm constantly irritated by things as well as not hearing or being fully present. It's kind of like walking around with the fever without a temperature. And that's what it felt like mentally for the last two or three weeks leading up to the show. It's why I haven't been podcasting. It's why I haven't been creating too many things. It's because I spent so much time just trying to sleep it off or get my mind, trying to get my mind off of it by taking walks. And it, it definitely was hard and challenging to just work, show up for conversations, no lie, my my mom called me an asshole because I was being mean, apparently, and I, I just was too hard to be around because I was just getting upset. I, I mean, when your own mom calls you an asshole, kind of kind of lights things up for you. And, and I know that for me, it, it definitely uh, took a toll. Friends I was being short with, I spent a lot of time indoors just because I just didn't want to carry that energy out. On the subculture live show, I actually called out for one of the shows like a couple of hours before, just because I knew that my energy would have dragged down the energy of the show. And I don't remember the last time that A, I didn't want to record podcasts, B, didn't want to be on a live show talking. 
and three, yeah, yeah, I know that's full narcissism. I had whatever. Yeah, I like hearing myself on the radio sometimes, and sometimes I don't. It all depends on if I actually sound smart to myself or not. I mean, hopefully I will in this one. Uh, who knows? But, man, it was definitely a, a huge mental burden. You know, didn't, I guess I didn't want to be on a show, didn't want a podcast, didn't want to create any reels or talk about anything or connect and reach out to people. Just was my own self, like introverted like hell. With that being said, me and my buddy Josh went, ended up going up to Vegas and the first thing we ended up doing was the lie detector. So a natty show, the, the OCB ones at least, you do a lie detector test uh, right before or the day before. Um, and, and for me, every time they ask me questions, I don't know why, but mentally, because I can't take things seriously at times when they ask me something like, oh, did you do PEDs? Mentally, I would just be like, all right, you didn't, Alan, but what if you did? What would your answer be? And why would you say? And then all of a sudden I would answer the question with that thought in mind. <laughs> he he had to stop and he goes, Look, I know you're not in PDs and I know you're not lying, but I gotta do this over again and I gotta set another baseline. So he ends up redoing the test and he goes, All right, before he even started, he goes, Hey, have you ever been with someone and then thought about cheating on them with someone else? And I was like, oh, yeah, of course I've thought about that. He's like, all right, all right, all right, all right, for sure. Same question I'm going to ask you, but you need to say no. I'm like, oh, I see. I see what you're doing there. So then he asked me that question. I said no. And then that set my new baseline. And then I've ended up passing the test. But, of course, I have to stop the little inner stupid immature voice that goes, oh, hey, Alan, maybe if you told him. You did, but then you really didn't. But what happens if you thought you did? Then maybe, maybe everything. And I'm just like, dude, shut the fuck up. And, and I swear, this is the same thing for me when I was in the Navy. And we did the sound test. So you got to make sure your eardrums aren't blown out or you don't have this permanent screeching sound, which I'm pretty sure I do. A little tingling sound in your ear, tendinitis or whatever they call it. But anyways, they would do this this uh, sound test and you would have these little beeps that would like go louder or more faint as the time ago. And you're supposed to press a button every single time you hear, but you hear a sound. And for me, I would just be pushing that button religiously because I would tell myself I heard a sound and the test would be over and I would still be clicking buttons like, bro, stop. You need to stop. Like the test is over. And this is like the same thing for me. And I don't know why in these tests, when everything's just so silent, you have to take everything so seriously. I, I, I'm just like, this is just so stupid. And, and then I just play stupid jokes in my head. Now with that, we did the fake tan afterwards, which it's interesting because you, for me, I always... I, I just think I look like a uh, an Oompa Loompa with, with that color on. And 
I went to go play cards afterwards and I'm just like, oh, my, I couldn't like really wash my hands whenever I use the bathroom because I didn't want to wash off the thing. But then I also couldn't like touch anything because otherwise there. So I had like a long sleeve on, I had sweats on, but walking around in that tan and like not trying to touch anything was, is definitely a challenge in of itself. And that pretty much was it for show day. So pretty much we ended up showing up there um, or that, sorry, that was a day before show day. And so, like I said, the diet, I was still sticking to the diet leading up into it. I was like the carbs, we were starting to carb up though, by this point. So at the beginning of the week, we would add like 80 grams of carbs and like the form of rice. And then the next day we'd add 80 more grams here, then have another piece of bread here. And it was just making my muscles bloat up or not bloat up per se, but you're adding more water to your muscles. You're adding food introduced to your body. It's called carving up. I'm not going to talk about way too much because I'm going to, again, I don't like talking about things I'm not well versed in and I'm going to hold myself from that. And then, yeah, the diet, enthusiasm, menopause, yep. And then show day was the next day. All right, so lie detector, tan, and now we got the show day. Sorry. There, we're in there. Maybe, 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 maybe I still got that brain fog. Who knows? Okay, show day. Show day was very interesting. There's a lot of things that were kind of happening. Um, for me, mindset-wise, I was engaged. I was very focused. Got really good sleep the night before. Did a couple of practice poses and, and I just, I had, like, I do it. I'm winning this. There's no if, ands, or buts. Like, I got this for sure. Now, when we got there to the stage, first of all, it was really interesting because there's a bunch of homeless people out in the front and you kind of had to walk around everyone to get through the front doors until you realize that the entrance is actually on the other side that there's no signs for. So that was troubling in the beginning. And then by the time we got back there, as a physique competitor, you wear board shorts. You're the only one that's wearing board shorts. It's funny because you, we naturally as competitors and, and who is competing against each other, we size each other up. We're naturally kind of like walking by like, Oh, you're wearing shorts. Like, Oh, Oh, you look great, man. You look great, man. And, and I'll tell you, man, I for sure thought objectively, I looked better than everybody else. Like without a doubt, I definitely was more shredded than everybody else. I, I definitely keep on saying definitely. I definitely felt I was objectively better than everybody without it. And this is no disrespect to anybody that was back there, right? This is not disrespectful to them at all. It's just, I thought I had the best package of just what I brought to show what I brought to stage. It was also cool too, because there's a couple of those guys saw me on Instagram. Like, yo, I saw you're shredded. Holy crap. Blah, 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 blah. Even when I was doing the vlog back there, which that vlog is coming out, Eventually, I'm trying to gather all the content together and then we're going to put it all together. But 
even backstage when I was vlogging, I was like, hey, I think I came in maybe top three, maybe top two. And then one of the guys, the guy ended up winning. He was like, no, no, you definitely, he won this, man, without a doubt. I'm like, great. That, that's cool. That, that's great feedback. And, and I'm, I'm not trying to, like, take it to my ego or anything, but I was like, yeah, I, I, I think I did. I'm trying to, trying to be humble about it. But after, you know, we did all the poses and we get called out, you know, after the prejudging. So the prejudging, you go up there, pose against everybody else, and they keep posing against everybody else, and you, they kind of make their decision. By the time they called all the placing, they, go, they went fifth through first, and I was number 25. The very first number is like, it's like number 19 or something like that. It's like, it's a, another competitor. And then number four, the like fourth place, 20. And I thought they're going to call another one because there's another 23 who, who I thought was going to place. Apparently it didn't, but like a 25. And I went there and I'm like, fuck. Right. And that's the first thought I copped in my head. And it's funny because everybody's like, oh, yeah, great, great, great. I'm like, yeah, man, fuck y'all. Y'all have no idea. My goal is to win. So I'll go up there. Um, and I know I'm not trying to look unenthusiastic and I'm not trying to whatever, but I'm sitting there. I'm like, wait, if I came in fourth, who came in third, second, and first? Like, who the heck? <clears throat> and then I saw the third place, second place, first place. And again, I'm not trying to throw shade at those guys, but I'm like, there's what? Like, there's no, nah, there's no way. I thought it's better than those guys. We we get all back there, and I'm just like, I'm I'm out of here. Like, I'm I'm done. Like, I'm I'm over this. Right? I definitely had a little temper tantrum. Um, it was in my head about things because I definitely didn't see that that coming. And as I'm leaving. Uh, I'm just like constantly in my head, like, man, let's just go eat somewhere. Let's go get my head out. I, I just could not stop thinking about the fact that like I was, you know, in, in fourth place when I thought I was objectively in first. <clears throat> like even, you know, like I said, the guy that won, he was just like, he swore that I, he swore that I went backstage and everything that, I mean, Again, that's a diff some, something different. Now, post-show, I started, you know, I, I, we, the first place we ate at was Skinny Fats. And Skinny Fats, I just had like a regular burger. I had a sweet potato fries and a cookie. <clears throat> Biting into that cookie for the first time, like first time having sugar. Oh my God, that was amazing. That was so <laughs> blissful. We actually got it on video and it will be on the vlog on the Shifty Q uh, YouTube video, uh, YouTube page, sorry. But it was just like, oh my God, sugar. My, I, guess I could just feel my body just go nuts. Then obviously the burger and the fries and Halfway through the fries, I was automatically full. It did not matter. After that, we checked in the hotel. And in the hotel parking lot, there was a place called Serial Killers. If you see on my Instagram, these are all on my Instagram, by the way. They have like 130 different variety of cereals. And what they do is they either make milkshakes or ice cream sandwiches. And they have this huge challenge where you got to eat 
five pounds of everything assorted and you got to eat it under an hour. And I thought about signing up for it, but as soon as I had a like cinnamon toast crunch milkshake, I realized like, dude, if I do that, I am never, you know, I, as soon as I, I got done drinking that milkshake, I'm like, I, there's no way I can do that challenge. A I'm already done with my sugar. Every single sugar craving got done with that shake. As well as the fact that I realized like having that much cereal, I will never, I, there's no way. Like apparently you can't just pour all the milk in there and make it soggy. What you got to do is you could only take it out one bowl at a time, new milk, and then you got to eat it like this. So you got to like constantly have a fresh new bowl of cereal. And mind you, maybe like two weeks before prep, I thought I could do that. But if you think about like eating like cap and crunch over and over again, like how much that would just tear the roof of your mouth off. And that's exactly, I think what they do is they don't tell you you're going to do that. And you got to pay like a hundred dollars, whatever. So I'd originally thought I was going to do this, but as soon as I had that shake and as soon as I realized that you'd be, you know, cutting the crap out of your mouth, I'm like, yeah, I got more food to eat on this trip. And, uh, I definitely am not going to do it over cereal. But another thing that happened, as soon as I got that dopamine hit from the cereal, as soon as like it kind of, it definitely lightened my mood. It, I really, really thought about it. I, I, I sat down and kind of pictured my entire journey. Pictured where I started from. And I'll be honest, like it's, it's not to go from thinking I was never good enough to take my shirt off or be on stage or speaking about physical health and, ha and achieving a, like a top 1% body, as they say, like a body that I've always wanted, but never thought I could ever get. To go from breaking that limiting belief to going from where I was literally two years ago at this point to being disappointed that I didn't win a bodybuilding show, like objectively, yes, I didn't win and I came in fourth. Subjectively, based off of where I've been in my journey, that is a phenomenal freaking achievement, you know, and and Regardless, if I came in fourth overall to try to win my pro card, like I objectively look really fucking great. Like I have never looked this good before in my life. And I think that's, there's so much to be said about that. And there's also a lot to be said about who doesn't say that another set of judges would say that I would look better than the other three. Or if there was another show that I could do that I can win in that and just get another set of eyes because judging is very subjective. Judging is, it's not like, Hey, objectively, you need to have this, this, this length and this, this, and that with, and you have to be this ripped and that. There's so many different variations because what me and my coach planned was for me to be as shredded as possible to be the most shredded person on stage. And, and in my opinion, I was because he had showed me a lineup of an, a similar show where the guy had won and the guy that won was objectively more ripped than everybody else. So that was the approach that we were aiming for. And the fact that I came in fourth based off of 
what we had kind of gauged like you know there's obviously there's room for opinion room for a difference in everything and and if those guys are listening to this podcast uh, we can talk but i would definitely guarantee that there's a lot of other lineups and everything that i would or a lot of other judges that would say otherwise now here's where i'm at a crossroads with and i'm debating on a couple of things and i'm going to definitely give, give it some time but i should definitely have an answer here soon i told myself that if i finish in the top three that I would like second or third, didn't win. I would do one more, right? Just to see if I get another set of eyes, another set of judges, kind of everything what I just said earlier. But <laughs> given that I was fourth, I um, I don't know. I'm kind of leaning away from it. Um, I, 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 I can't deny where... I was at two, like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, like just going through it mentally and emotionally. I mean, these, these, <laughs> these competitions are a challenge, man. You know, it's not now, mind you, like I encourage everyone to do it because I want everyone to achieve getting on stage at least once. And another thing is if you even get remotely close to being on stage and you fall short and you fall short somewhere in the process, it's still probably a lot further ahead than you had ever gotten it if you had not tried at all or gave yourself a very vague approach such as like, oh, I'm just going to lose weight. I'm just going to gain abs. Like, no, get to a specific result. Getting competition ready is a very high specific result. But uh, again, it's a very challenging process. It plays a lot with your mind, plays a lot with your emotions, plays a lot with your discipline and prioritization. But I feel like once you go through that process once and you you understand like that engineering of yourself of how you get to a goal, you, you know, the amount of learning you can do from there, although grand, there's a lot more to be learned, I think, if you apply those to a different field. For me, my biggest jump or my, my, my first training thing where I felt like I really achieved something was the first time I ran a half marathon. That was in June 2021. And I all I did was train for the half marathon so that I would train for the marathon that I was doing this the following October. I when time I got done with my marathon though, it wasn't as significant as when I when I passed my half marathon. And I believe that has to do with the fact that when I completed my half marathon, I was so high over completing that race or the feeling of completing a race. That by the time I got to a marathon, my body, my mind was like, oh, you already completed a race before. Like, what is this? By the time I stepped up on stage for the first time for my first OCB, my the second time by the time I got off stage, it paled in comparison to my first one. And for this last one, I told you I left with kind of like a like a tamper, like a tamper, a temper tantrum. A tamper. What the fuck is a tamper? 
And therefore it's like, for me, if I actually want to continue having love for bodybuilding, if I want to continue doing that, I think I got to get away from it for a little bit. I, I think for me that there's other trainings to be had and the curiosity and what I'm actually leaning towards is doing MMA training for MMA and then doing like a fight in the future, right? Set myself up again, give myself a specific goal. If I lose in the fight, cool. If I fight in that and win in the fight, cool. Like I'm not going to do that any more than that. Um, but in my opinion, I, you know, I, I'd much rather do something that I know is kind of challenging, do something that I know it's kind of scary. Cause you know, one of the things I, I fear is <laughs> getting my ass kicked and then, and then being all over like, like world star, that'd be a terrible way to fuck go out. But you know, I definitely want, want to, God, there's something with it. Definitely. I want to learn. I want to definitely grow as a person. And I find that when I put myself back into industries or challenges or ventures that I'm a complete noob in, like I did Taekwondo as a kid, but it's been a very long time since I did Taekwondo and outside of a couple of skirmishes in the Navy, I really haven't gotten into too many fights since then. And so therefore fighting against professional fighters or people that are trained is, is very challenging and very keep my ego in check. And, and there's nothing more I learned more from than getting my ego kicked in. Training for a marathon did that. Training for bodybuilding competitions did that. And although I can still learn about the process and maybe I could still do another show, the amount of growth I can that can be had for me as a person, I feel, can only be fine-tuned here and there in this respective sport. I think challenging myself now into a whole nother way of training would provide that space for me, like I said, to learn. Now I do plan, I was talking to my coach about this already. I do plan on still lifting and keeping myself bodybuilding ready. I want to get back to bodybuilding. Eventually I love bodybuilding. I love getting myself ripped and getting myself as good looking on stage. I just definitely, God, that's me with a definitely word. Definitely, 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 definitely. Fuck. <laughs> I want to get myself to a point where I can just kind of venture off in different ways, right? I don't want to be like a pro MMA fighter. I just want to have that under my belt and say I could do it. I don't exactly want to be Chris Bum, but I definitely want to say, hey, I, I, I went to a high level in bodybuilding at one point. These are just tools I want to have under my belt because these are just things I want to experience. You know, they always say like the jack of all trades is a master of none. But I, I, I'm so curious about so many different things. And the best way that I've ever learned is to experience it, to do it. I'm not, I can read about it all day. I can try to watch videos, read captions, watch even more movies. But all that pales in comparison to experience. And that's kind of where I'm at.
where I'm talking about. Oh, Dirk Momo. All right. And and here's the thing too for me. The the goal is always to become the best version of me. All the goal is to always listen to that inner voice and grow with it. And that inner voice for me is telling me, hey, you love bodybuilding. Oh my God. The personalities I've met, the opportunities of people I've I got to come in contact with as well as the show that I'm on now, Sammy is my sister from another mister. She is fucking so cool. And her passion for what she does brings out the passion for me and my aspirations in my life. And I love having those kind of people around me. Those people that just have such a love for the, for the sport, for the industry, for whatever they're passionate about. And they, it, you feed off that energy meeting her meeting all the other amazing bodybuilders because i'll tell you man when you want to when you make that dedication to put yourself through everything that i just told you and you put yourself through it over and over and over and over again just to compete and compete and compete in the sport because you love that sport so much and you love me like you just learn so much about it it's so great to watch and the people, I can't, I, I know I keep talking about the people, but that's literally how great the bodybuilding people are because a lot of them went through some shit. A lot of them went through some shit. And I, I told you for me, what it was, was to, you know, I, I, fuck, I used to swim with the shirt on as a kid because I got made fun of for having chichis and, and that shit really fucking scarred me as a kid. It scarred me all the way until high school until I started lifting weights and I realized I can actually for my body and then i still kind of carried it because i i didn't always take care of it and by the time i got to 33 34 i finally woke up to some shit now here i am like really confident in my body and overcoming one of my biggest fears one of my biggest downfalls and although i'm telling you guys this there's a lot of other people in this industry that have gone through very similar shit i'll tell you the people that have extreme results, the people like the extreme billionaires, the extreme this, extreme that, extreme this, extremely ex excellent at their passion. I've seen it just where usually they just gone through something, something that made them pursue their passion. And it's just a very interesting to see where all of those stories come from, to hear where their drive comes from, and to also see that they're just like me, just have a different thought process and a different approach. And there's so much to be gained about listening into that. It's just <laughs> amazing. Another thing that I learned is... Another another big thing I learned about this entire process is, is how negatively programmed people are towards eating. Once you start prioritizing your sleep, you start prioritizing better carbohydrates, lean proteins, drinking more water, not eating too much sugar, and making out working making working out a priority. That's called an exception. People question you. When you stop drinking, people get offended and treat you as if you got a disease. Like, oh, oh, he's not drinking. It's 
it's so interesting to when you start learning how you're supposed to eat, once you're learning how to prioritize performance, like too many people, in my opinion, just look at calories. Like, oh, I just need to get a deficit. I need to get at 1900 calories. And they focus so much on 1900 calories. But if you take that same energy and prioritize activity and eating around activity, as well as eating better around those activities and eating better overall, just making better choices, you would find yourself exponentially at a better physical, mental, and emotional status. And it just seems like no matter what, people don't want to do that. You're like, people are literally presented with, Hey, you can better your life just by doing this, by eating better, working out and prioritizing both as well as sleeping. Oh, I can't, I can't. But then they have all these other problems that would otherwise be remedied with better eating, better sleeping, better working out and better prioritization. And that's where I've kind of learned (laughs) That sometimes, regardless of what people tell themselves of what they want, sometimes they really just don't want it because otherwise their actions would say something different. Now, I'm not saying they're not capable of it, but it's very imperative for them. And if that's you to find out what it's going to take you to drive you to that action, to know what you really want, you know, for, for me, I've had a lot of instances in my life that I've just. I feel that that I'm constantly overcoming this chip on my shoulder, constantly overcoming, proving my own self wrong and therefore proving myself right. You know, I had a lot of self-doubt. It originally came from like just discrimination from other people and getting bullied to I would just bully myself mentally, emotionally, stop denying myself you know i would just deny myself of anything i really wanted because i told myself i was undeserving that comes to women that comes to money that comes to relationships it just this just does not stop and by doing these things by constantly checking in with myself constantly working on it and everything like bodybuilding really did that for me it taught me what it was like to invest myself it would taught what if i just objectively did the work what the hell would happen and that's why I love fucking talking about it. That's why I love getting on these podcasts and talking about it. And I'll tell you. Again, woulda, coulda, shoulda. I thought I shoulda won, but I'm very fucking grateful that I thought that I should have won. I, and I, that sounds so fucking hilarious. That's uh, the best way to take a loss, right? Say, I thought I should have won. <laughs> what's another way that you could have told everybody that you came in fourth place oh yeah that i'm happy with thinking that i should have won <laughs> oh my god but it's actually true um i can't thank my coach enough i can't thank my coaches over the time enough but i think that is where i'm headed to is training for MMA and doing a fight. Now, obviously I'll keep you guys in in tune with that. I I mean, I gave bodybuilding my all. I gave this last year, my all, and this is where I placed. I don't love bodybuilding enough to say that I'm going to go pro and be the next Chris bum. Like that's not it. You know, I'm 36. I'm not getting any younger. I want to do a lot more things events wise. Like an MMA fight would be cool. Iron man is in the future. 
in recovering from something like this, like you do, the recovery days were challenging as well. And, and I'll be really honest with you. I know there's like a really negative view on PDs and TRT and all that stuff, but from pure recovery alone and sleep, from what I heard that it can help, I, I don't know, like, don't quote me on that. It's just, I heard it, it could definitely help with that. I can't help but to consider those kind of things because for me, getting these goals, these physical goals and, and achieving them mean way more to me than I, I, I don't know with PEDs and TRT and everything. I've seen a lot of healthy people on it. Now, mind you, I know there's like with regards to bodybuilding, like they're a negative view. They think that you just put a needle and all of a sudden, like you just get results. Like, no, you got to maintain your diet. You still got to maintain good workout habits and, and everything is just easier for me. I don't need that. I've proved to myself naturally that I can get to that or it just purely recovery and sleep. I got to tell you, that's why I've considered it. Now that's something I'll talk to my doctor about when I get to that. It is just, I told you it's in the air. It's nothing that I'm doing yet. The, the fears that I have are, I heard once you go there, you can't go back. Like once you go to a needle, you can't, you can't ever go back to that. That kind of scares me. I'm a, I'm a, I don't want to say a cheap ass with my money, but I like, you know, like don't like spending money on something that I would have to oblige to permanently for the rest of my life. That thought goes away. Also, with that being said, I'm scared that let's see, I get on it. And all of a sudden they have a shortage or they get rid of it altogether. And now my hormones are just fucked up for as long as I, it is what it is. That kind of scares me. I can think of a couple more, but those are the, the two that kind of really stick out or three that stick out more than anything else. Oh, and then the, the bad side effects like the acne, the tempers I told you it really affected me when my mom told me I was an asshole. I don't know. And then I also want to be able to come back to OCB or some natural federation to bodybuild to say that I completed the, an MMA fight, I completed a Ironman and then I went back to bodybuilding and I still brought something great up on stage, right? That would be really cool. That would be really cool. Um, but again, let's just stick to one thing at a time. I'm being overzealous with this MMA thing. I, I might be, I, I might just get punched in the face once. And I'm like, nope, nope. You know, like Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. And I swear, I mean, that could be me. Uh, I mean, I'll be really, really honest with you. I appreciate my vanity and if I get my nose broken, I look ugly as hell. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. Like, ugh, who knows? But anyway, guys, I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed everything from here. I really do appreciate the support. And if you guys did get something from this episode or there's something you want to talk about, comment, like, share the episode with anybody that you think could benefit for this. And uh, yeah, subscribe to the channel. Find me on Spotify. I have a podcast, YouTube. Man, there's so many things. I I got to tell you, I still feel weird by saying, follow me, follow me, follow me like this. And Kevin's like, nah. Like, if you want to, do it. If you don't want to, don't. I'm still going to be doing this, you know, but anyways, I love you guys all. And until next time, deuce. <laughs>